Shabbat Shalom. This week we find ourselves at the tail end of the saga of Joseph. Joseph, after being sold into slavery, has risen to a position of power in Pharaoh's court and has begun what could be construed as testing his brother's character for moral growth. Joseph, being now second in power only to Pharaoh, has been charged with administering the resources of Egypt as the land moves through seven years of devastating famine. Twice now, Joseph's brothers have unwittingly come before him in supplication for aid as the famine is extended to the known world beyond Egypt. As we close Parashat Miketz, Joseph is confronting his brothers about Benjamin's apparent theft of his divining cup. Here at the beginning of Vaigash, the brothers, I'm sorry, the brother who comes to his defense, Judah, is the very same who had convinced the rest of his brothers to forego killing Joseph instead of selling him to the traveling Ishmaelites from whom he was transferred into the possession of Potiphar. So many years later, Judah is now trying to save the life of Joseph's full brother, Benjamin. Joseph finds himself once more overwhelmed with emotion, clears the room of his Egyptian attendants, and comes clean to his brothers. He entreats them to bring their father and all the extended family in from Canaan and to settle in the rich pasture land of the Nile Delta of Goshen, as explained by Robert Alter in his commentary on verse 10 of chapter 45. Ultimately, Jacob ascends to this relocation, which God reaffirms to him as the right decision, echoing God's promises to Abraham of the making of a great nation. Truly, by the end of Parashat Vayigash, we see that Jacob's family is thriving in the land, God's promise made manifest. I'm a student in the Musar study group facilitated by Jerry Gregory, exploring the Musar Torah commentary edited by Rabbi Barry Block. Each week, as Habertot study partners, we read the parasha and consider the week's portion through the lens of a Musar Midah, or soul trait. In the Musar commentary, Rabbi Ted Ryder explores bitachon, or trust, traditionally understood as trust in God, as it may pertain to Vayigash. This year has been a year in which bitachon has likely been featured in most people's curricula. A curriculum, as understood in Musar study, is the personal identification of various midot, soul traits, that may need attention and growth in order to achieve balance as a person. With a contentious election still embroiled in controversy despite being well over a month clear of election day, a world racked by the COVID-19 pandemic with statistics as of the 15th, 70 million cumulative cases and 1.6 million deaths worldwide for the World Health Organization and relief efforts and best practices to mitigate the spread being politicized. Of course, the time-worn systemic failures regarding racial and gender equality, immigrant rights, and criminal justice shown in stark relief daily in our news briefings. It's hardly a surprise to consider that our sense of bitachon may be stretched then. Rabbi Ryder in the Musar Tor commentary shares a teaching from Rabbi Yosef Yuzel Horowitz, who tells us that bitachon is a deep knowing that God delivers what we need in each moment. There are many moments in Vayigash where we can apply this midah. After Joseph reveals his identity to his brothers, he assuages their assumed guilt in their attempts to rid themselves of Joseph, saying, I am your brother Joseph, he whom you sold into Egypt. Now do not be distressed or reproach yourselves because you sold me hither. It was to save life that God sent me ahead of you. Joseph's uncanny ability to see God's plan in all that has happened even extends to this truly heinous betrayal at the hands of his brothers who sold him into slavery, his enslavement which led him to be falsely accused of soliciting an inappropriate relationship with Potiphar's wife, 
and subsequently thrown into prison where he was left for two years before being redeemed and ultimately set in a position of power. Our Torah sculpts these experiences in such a way that hints at a divine plan. When the accusation from Potiphar's wife came through, Joseph could have easily been executed for such an affront, but instead he is imprisoned. In his imprisonment, he does not languish in a cell, but instead ends up steward of the other prisoners, affording him the opportunity to offer dream interpretation to the chief baker and cupbearer, whose word ultimately leads to Joseph's removal from prison and elevation to a position of power in Egypt. Instead of focusing on the horror of what he has endured, Joseph is able to see and trust that all has happened according to God's will and for God's plan. The enslavement and imprisonment ultimately due to the betrayal of his own family was necessary for him to find himself in a place of power and capable of saving his family and so many others when the famine arrived. Judah also exhibits bitachon in this parasha. Judah's actions could be construed as lacking in bitachon due to the lengths in which he extends himself to ensure the well-being of his brother Benjamin. Modern commentator Nahamali uh, Leibowitz points out that Judah goes out of his way to mention his father ad nauseum, 14 times to be exact, clearly attempting to man manipulate the emotions of this Egyptian overlord to sway his decision in Judah's favor. He goes as far as offering his own person in place of that of Benjamin as a slave, in a narratively intriguing juxtaposition. Judah is desperate to save Benjamin, and a trust born of desperation may not be so sound. It could be easy to interpret the actions Judah takes here as lacking in bitachon, but perhaps they are a better reminder that bitachon is not an abdication of action in favor of reliance on God's beneficence. The concept of bitachon has a bit of a double edge, as do most midot. On the one hand, it is important for our well-being that we can relax at a certain point and lean into the trust that things will be okay, that God will see that things are okay for us, but that trust shouldn't lead to inaction on our part. Perhaps Judah exhibited bitachon here by trusting that this Egyptian official's human emotional connection and understanding of a father's sense of loss for their child would temper his emotions and soften his heart. He could have exercised bitachon by offering his life in place of Benjamin's without hesitation, perhaps trusting that things would be well if only he could spare Jacob's last remaining son by Rachel. Judah provides us a beautiful example of what it means to have bitachon without abdicating our personal responsibility to make decisions that will lead to the results we wish to achieve. It can be hard to look at any situation that outwardly seems completely negative and see a part of any plan that God may have in store for us. What frustrations or inconveniences do we have daily that we can try to approach differently? How can Vita Hone help change our perspective to better set us on the path of Tikkun Olam? The first century Tana, the Tanaim were rep the rabbinic sages reported in the Mishnah, Nachum Ish Gamzu, has been attributed the statement that I try to remember each day to keep my sense of bitachon intact. He said, Gamzula Tova, or this too is for the best. I try to give myself the opportunity to find a silver lining each time something happens that strikes me as negative or bad. I make it a point to say these words, Gamzula Tova, this too is for the best. There are moments when this totally makes sense, like I lost $20, Gamzula Tova, maybe someone will find it and they will really have needed it. There are others that are harder, like hearing about anti-Semitic white, white supremacist propaganda being distributed in neighborhoods here in the city. I'll admit this tactic is not a panacea, 
But that moment of meditation gives me the opportunity to respond to something that by rights could push me toward feelings of discontent and frustration by switching the focus to how this could be for the best. How could this facilitate growth? How could this be a lesson needed to move forward? As Joseph makes clear for us in Vayigash, trust, bitachon, can allow us to mentally prosper even when our circumstances might dictate despair. While we may not always see the bigger picture, perhaps this too is for the best. May we strike, may we all strike a balance of trust, bitachon, in our lives, both by believing that things will work out for the best and by taking action to achieve our desired outcomes. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you.